thing. <laughs> okay. Love talk radio. And Laura, Laura's here. So, um. I stroll through the pictures. What I've left behind. You want to get. I'm locked up in memories They all intertwine The memories in In my mind I know tomorrow Cause that dawn will come You will never know what you have done Good evening and welcome to the Stop Child Abuse Now show. This is scan number 3174. That's 3174. That's a lot of shows and I'm proud to be here to be able to do these shows. Happy too. <laughs> okay. So um, tonight we're going to have an interesting show. We have Michelle Bless. She's here. She's not feeling, she's a little under the weather. So um, if she feels like talking, fine. If she doesn't, that's okay. Um, I also have uh, yeah, Laura Pris- well, I, I know you don't sound like you feel well. <laughs> I don't know. Did, did someone okay. punch you? We'll, we'll, we'll come and punch them. What happened? <laughs> I don't know. All right, oh, so. my goodness. <laughs> But, but anyway, uh, Lori Purcell is here also. So, um, and then, of course, I'm here. I'm Carol Levine, and I am Vice President of NASCAR, and I'll be running the show tonight and tomorrow. So, um, anyway, let, let me read the um, the mission statement and get that out of the way and also discuss it a little bit. And uh, then we'll get started with the show. We have a singleness of purpose at NASCAR, and that is to address issues related to childhood abuse and trauma including sexual assault, violent or physical abuse, emotional traumas, and neglect. And we do so two different ways. Number one is educating the public, and that's especially as related to getting society over the taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse, presenting the facts that show child abuse to be a pandemic worldwide problem that affects everyone, and it does. Number two is offering hope for healing through numerous pairs and providing many services to adult survivors of child abuse and information for anyone interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. Now, I want you also, everyone who's listening, um, I know this, I know of at least three that are listening through the computers. I don't know how many are listening tonight to the computers. Who knows? But um, to get acquainted with the NASCA website, that's N-A-A-S-C-A, okay, dot org, NASCA dot org. The reason why I give this out is because you can learn an awful lot of things just from looking at our website. And when you look down, you scroll down a little bit, you see red boxes. I call them boxes, blocks, whatever you want to call them. And each one has a different, it has a different uh, topic. Prevention, intervention, and recovery is more over to the right-hand side. It may be next to the last block, or maybe it is the last block. You'll see for yourself. 
But anyway, you open that up, and there's a whole bunch of uh, different articles there. And um, we here on NASCA, we have a lot of people that come on our show. They come on as guests, and um, a lot of them are from different organizations. I have three organizations that will be on soon. Um, and that, that's always good. It'll be Deidre's house from Morristown, New Jersey, and Winona's house from Newark, New Jersey, and uh, Child Help. I believe they're in Arizona, located there. That's when you hand out the cards, which is the one eight hundred four a child number. That is their organization, and um, so I do promote the organizations that I, I truly believe in. And these three are definitely—they've uh, got it going. And I know with. Um, child help they have even more programs that they're going to speak about when they do come on uh that may be may 19th i have to see i'm still trying to put that together so anyway um i see that philip is here too i think he wants to listen and that's okay i'll I'll check on him at times and see if he wants to speak now um first of all do either of you two have anything that you want to um bring forth to the table tonight Okay. I'm open um, to um, I was going to let Michelle go. <laughs> she's she's here first. Go ahead. Uh, go well, on. since I heard of the topic, um, I've been having unexpected flashbacks, um, which really aren't unexpected. So it's an interesting topic. Um, mm-hmm. I grew up with two of them, my mother and my brother, and they were the most, the most. Um, I don't even know how to say it, assaultive people I've ever met in my life. And they don't have any feelings. So that's how I ended up with it. So, yeah, I'm going like back in time now and remembering all the things. It's weird at my age to do that. But I guess it has a, a lasting effect on you with the, with the trigger. Tonight, just the topic triggered me. I'm sorry. See, I don't like triggering people. Oh no, that's okay. I like, but you know, like I have to. (laughs) I like, I like to get out there the truth, okay, and 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 also by doing so, by doing so, it's helping people understand better, you know, um, um, you know where the mental health is coming from because everyone who's listening, I, I see there's quite a few people. All right, listen, um, this is Mental Health Month, okay, Awareness Month. That's what it is. And um, when kids go through horrific child abuse, when they do this, uh, they go through all different types of changes in their life and also in their mind. And you can absolutely develop mental illness. Now, I had terrible panic attacks. Now, panic attacks are panic attacks. They're horrible. They're horrific. And they can stop you from doing things. But when you have it completely, like repetitively, time after time after time, that's when it becomes a disorder. And that's what I have. And the the DSM-5, which is the medical book for the AMA, the American Medical Association, um, that's like their Bible, as Bill calls it, and that's what it is. It is their Bible. They recognize that um, post-traumatic stress disorder, and which many times can turn into like a person having bipolar, becoming bipolar. There's just so much that can happen to a child. Now they're looking at schizophrenia and, and all kinds of things and making determinations on that. Um, 
as to where that can be caused, uh, you know, with uh, a background of severe child abuse. I tend to agree with it. Um, I know what my family was like, and uh, I know what <clears throat> I know what I went through, and um, then I ended up working with it. I would choose jobs that I could identify with because then I didn't have to learn so much, did I? <laughs> I had a reason for my madness. So of course, then of course, I worked in uh, based on psychiatric when it was up. Now. I had to go to a lot of school. We all did. You don't just walk in the woods in Greystone Psychiatric. Oh, no, honey. That's a state hospital. And there was only one other hospital in New Jersey that was worse than that, and they called that the Broom Building. That was down by Trenton. And those that didn't make it at Greystone went down there, and then they were nice enough to send them back. I wish they could. <laughs> well, I won't go there. All right, whatever. So... What I'm trying to get across to you is that uh, terrible mental illness, terrible things can happen to the mind, okay? And uh, the PTSD is, uh, now you're talking about flashbacks, uh, Maury, you're speaking about that. Um, that certainly is uh, considered, you know, an illness that people can um, all of a sudden come up with and come out with and, and display. Um, you go backwards in time, as you put it. And that is your mind, you know, has protected you for so long, in case people don't know what flashbacks are. The mind has protected your mind so long um, because maybe an event, an episode had happened that was too much for a child to to handle. So then your mind takes like a, a blanket, as I call it, and puts it over that little area there. And so that you can't see it, you can't feel it, and, and you don't, you know, you don't even know it happened. And then what happens is later on, and this is through dissociation too, what later on is what happens is um, your mind decides that it's time for you to see it and, and, and to deal with it, all right? So um, then it allows for it to come through, and it can come through in clusters where it's time after time after time and, and episode after episode of episode, like a cluster effect of uh, uh, images. It can be images. Um, it can be nightmares, um, it can be flashbacks, like all of a sudden you're seeing something uh, that you, you're not recognizing, or maybe it takes you back in time to an episode that did happen, I use the word episode, um, where it did happen, and that's where you need to, you know, speak to your counselor or your therapist or your psychiatrist, which whatever you prefer. And as these flashbacks are happening, or if you're dissociating and your memory is coming back, you shouldn't be doing that alone. You should have someone that understands it. And always make sure that they understand mental illness. Because if you don't, you're not doing yourself a service, and they're getting rich off of you, okay? There's nothing wrong with doctor shopping in the right way. I'm not talking about pills. I'm laughing to myself. I'm, I'm talking about someone who can help you with flashbacks, and um, also, too, um, with the dissociation where you're, all of a sudden your memory is coming forward and you're starting to remember things that you didn't know happened, okay? So these things are all very important, you know, to healing, to healing. And um, if you don't have that help, then, uh, you know, for God's sake, give me a call. I can give you help reference. I can do that. And I can I can talk to you about it too because I worked it, and uh, I have my own problems. I'm not perfect. I suffered horribly for years 
from the age of nine until 49 from mm-hmm. panic disorder. And it, it ruled my life. It kept me back even in those ages, okay, uh, as a child and as an adult. And that's when we self-medicate. What do we do? When we have issues that we can't deal with, okay, um, a lot of times um, we can't go to a doctor, say we're a kid, and our parents don't understand it, and they think you're crazy, and they might even gaslight you. That's another famous word that we use, where they think that, you know, you're crazy. They make you feel like you're crazy, even if you're not crazy. All you're doing sometimes is asking for help, and you don't get it, okay? So mm-hmm. what happens is, yeah. What happens is then that situation can get worse, too. Now, I have tons of information in front of me, and um, I want to give out a couple of names here because if you need help with any of your disorders that you may have, which does come from child abuse, and I have that here, too, um, where it's, it's mentioning here and it tells you where, um, it, many mental illnesses have risen in the United States due to the rise in social media. What are we watching on TV? This can trigger you. All right? Um, our country's problems. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or, ne- or next week. We don't know. Um, and then the COVID pandemic, okay, that would uh, made mental illness raise. Um, and then what happens, a lot of times you do less things in the community. You might stay in the house more. Michelle went through a period of time where she didn't leave the house for how long was that? Ten years. Ten years. I didn't see the out I didn't see the out for ten years. Wow. Like I was literally, yeah. Lifetime story, but it's true. And yep, yeah, I, I was I was I was putting those through the window my daughter to and money for her to get what I need. And I, I have not stepped out that door for 10 years. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, I only stayed in for a while because I like to shop too much. I'm very bad. <laughs> okay, I'm a shopaholic. I think with some of these things, which is what got me over my terrible panic, and I have a ton of uh, information on that, not that I'm going to discuss tonight. I just simply, if you need it, I have it. We can talk about it. So I'm saying, give me a call. We'll talk about it. But, okay, the um, 10 years that I was uh, down, you got to understand, for me during that time, um, I was not healed at all. I, I, was, right. I, I was so damaged and that the pain absolutely took over to the point where it bound me to where it, I had fear of being around people. I didn't trust anyone. I didn't care how I looked. So I didn't care about shopping. I didn't care about nothing. Mm-hmm. All I cared about was my space in my house, and I would constantly check my windows and doors to make sure everything was safe for me, and that's, and I was secure in my in my in, if you, today people say jail, but I was that's the only time I was safe. I, I didn't want to. I didn't. I just. I couldn't. I just couldn't. And so mm-hmm. it was very and then, you know, in my in my healing journey, because and, and what, well, let me put it this way, what took me out of it after ten years, um, I had totally came more suicidal than anything. I was at the point that I didn't want to live. And so 
I slowly started taking myself out of the home. And once I was able, and that didn't take a day, a week, it took months, but I was planning it. Once I was able to do that, then my goal and my mission was to commit suicide. Right. Like, literally. Like, I would walk into the street, see if someone hit me by a car. It was crazy. It was crazy, but that's where I was in my mind. I look back at that, even though it was so long ago, even though it was so long ago, it seemed like it was yesterday. I'm gonna and I'm gonna piggyback on Laura when she was mentioning about the flashbacks. Um, I had a person. Okay, well, I am an advocate for women in domestic violence and human trafficking. So there's this safe house that houses women who they are protecting and hiding from their abusers. And so three of them were able to. Uh, to get settled into an apartment. Now, these three women are not from Ohio. They were brought in from a different state and stayed in the safe house for over six months to eight months. And um, n- now we have, the, not me, but the uh, agency, which is Women Up and Women, you know, got, you know, got them apartments, helped them find it, helped them find jobs. Um, now there's they are going out they're in a different city and state they're still safe we got them even in a, a, nice, a nice community but they have those flashbacks of the abuse uh, of what happened to them as far as like how their husbands had beat them and left them dead or boyfriends how they have low self-esteem how they and once i was talking with them and we talking about and they be talking about how they've been abused by their their mates. Then I start asking deeper questions, and they end up they were abused as a child, so they never really got help. They had because they were looking for love. You know, when you're teenagers, you know what I'm saying, Carol. We young, we looking for love. We want someone to love us and care for us, and so we easily trust. You know, and they end up being in one abuse after another, on top of having flashbacks, nightmares of the sexual child abuse that they endured as a child. Then one lady asked me, well, am I crazy? No, you're not crazy. Because she had people in her head telling her she was. That she's not crazy and it's not fair for these people that go and get these degrees and they never experienced anything in life, nothing tragedy, nothing bad, but yet they can diagnose you and say, well, you have this and you have that. And don't get me wrong, I'm not speaking anything against doctors because we have good doctors. But you got to understand that when you suffer sexual child abuse, I don't want people to feel like that's a mental issue. You suffer child abuse that we didn't ask for. And if you don't get the help, it's going to get worse. And watch this. If, you, if we're not protected by the adults that are supposed to protect us as children, and then the worst part is the ones that we look up to to protect us, nine to ten are the ones that are abusing you. So understand, what do a child's mind supposed to think when we're being beat or getting hit or getting punched or slapped or burned and then raped? That means we don't know anything about sex. So our first introduction is forcible, abusive, savage sex. 
So our mind is, okay, this is how they get together, but this hurt. It, it wasn't it wasn't amazing when I was my first sexual encounter. You know, I sat with women that sit there and talk about their first experience, their first kiss, but they never experienced uh, trauma. They're just talking about how they actual first crush from a guy in school. Well, no, I was six years old, and my own grandfather did that to me. That's how I was introduced. So what I'm saying is you're going to have these thoughts. You're going to have these flashbacks. You're going to have these memories. They can come from you listening to something on TV or you're at a place and someone's talking, and they can bring up something, and it would just click. It would just trigger. Sometimes it could be a smell. I remember, for example, I was at a mall, and this man went past me, and this scent that he had on him, I have not smelled that since I was a little girl, and it brought back the painful memory of sexual child abuse for me. I didn't even think that cologne existed anymore, and I had to literally go sit on the bench and take a deep breath because the flashbacks, they were so vivid. It was, I mean, literally, I can literally see what was going on in me as a child. So I would say embrace it. If you're scared, of course, you're going to be scared. Don't try to put a label on it. You just have to allow yourself to feel what you're feeling and just take a moment and take a deep breath and allow those memories to come. And the reason why I say allow, because I don't want anyone to really go through the struggle that I did, because when I got memories, I did not allow them to come. The first thing I did was ran to medicate. I had to go immediately to go do what I was doing to medicate. When I medicate, those memories, those flatbacks, they went, I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't see them, I didn't feel them, because I, I made myself numb. Well, don't make yourself numb is what I'm saying. Is the memories going to be painful? Of course they're going to be painful to remember what you endured as a child. But I would say to a person, remember, you're the big girl, you're the big boy now. You are an adult now. And you have memories of what happened to you as a little child. You can protect yourself by saying, that little person inside me, I'm, I'm protecting you. I'm protecting you. It's going to be okay. I will tell little Michelle inside me, it's going to be okay. And then I allow those memories. When they come, I allow them to manifest, you know. So I just well, wanted that, to say that's that. That's right. That that's perfect. That's perfect, Michelle. And you you're quite on target. Absolutely. And um but one thing too, um, Lori and, and anybody out there that continues to have flashbacks, who um I, I haven't had one in, in quite a few years because I I don't know. I, I my mind is just like a, a a roller coaster. Up down, up down, up down. I see it, okay, screw you, go away. <laughs> that's just the way I am. And um so yeah, I, and I tend to yeah, I, it works. It works for me. So I'm just well, telling you what happens. Exactly. It mm-hmm. works for me, honey. If uh, if something comes into my head, and I have like you and like Lori, we have so much that we went through as children that, um, well, hell, you just have to write a book, don't you? <laughs> I don't know. I wrote one. Michelle, you wrote one, and uh, you know, yeah. and Lori, you yeah, certainly could too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, maybe I should, uh, you know, even talk a little bit about it. It's the Michelle Bless story. That's what it is. And uh, she wrote a really good, and it's uh, Out of the Darkness, the Michelle Bless story. And um, it's her story of redemption. Now, listen, we all find ways to, to try and 
um, get through the day sometimes when we're really going through bad times, I still have depression. I can get terribly, terribly depressed and not do anything except for what I have to, you know, like around the house. Like vacuum, dust, cook, do some laundry, take care of my cat. That's like like a baby to me. I love my cat. and uh, But I can't do any more than that. You know what I'm saying? Maybe for about four or five days. could even take longer. If depression, though, however, I have to mention this because we are on Mental Health Illness Prevention Awareness Month, okay? Um, if you have, if you go through depression for up to two weeks or maybe a little bit longer, you need to seek help. Okay. Absolutely. You have to. Because what happens That's is, Michelle, you know that you com- tried to commit suicide. I tried to commit suicide. Lori, did you try? I don't remember. No, I just got to a point where I said, am I supposed to? Because things are so bad. So mm-hmm. I didn't know. I didn't. Although right. I do have a plan for my future. Um, yeah. It comes down to another problem with my son. So I guess I have, uh, I might, you know, it just depends on what happens here. Um, my priority is keeping my son, you know, out of the system. And mm-hmm. um, what's come up with him is that I'm aging, uh, obviously, but physically he's seeing me get worse and worse and the memory is gone. And he's, um, I think he has like more logic than empathy you know he goes right to the logic part and he believes that a person should have quality of life so if you don't have quality of life then you should just end your life so that's what you know i'm sorry like, oh well, i'm sorry I, I, wait, excuse me I, i'm sorry For, okay how old is your son oh uh, he's 40 now and so, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're saying to me that he said to you or he said this statement, which is, and this is what I think I heard you say, that if you don't have a quality quality of life, then you should end your life? Yeah, I've heard a couple of people say that. Even my neighbor okay. said it about his mother. She's in the hospital, okay. and she's sick, and he wants her not to okay. take any treatments. Okay, um, well, I'm sorry. I just need to interrupt you right there. That's Okay. Okay, I need mm-hmm. to because I need to say this to you. And I don't know how long you've been hearing that, but I pray right now, and I'm saying this, don't believe that, okay? That's a statement that I heard, sure, but don't believe that because that is not true. That is not true because man don't man didn't make life nor man give life, okay? You're still here. So no matter what the situation is, you deal with it to the best of your ability. And, and, and to me, and I say this to anybody, if someone's feeding you negative, you have to remove yourself from that. You have to let them know, I, I, can't, I can't keep receiving that. Don't, don't allow negative in your airways because, because you're going to end up believing and living what they say. So I had to interrupt because I'm a firm believer that is totally, totally wrong. Uh, no. I, I understand him because he, you know, he he is mentally ill, and I I do understand him. Well, and to okay, see well, if somebody he's mentally ill, if he's mentally ill, then 
I, from if if a, if a mentally ill person was to say that to me, then I wouldn't even take that in in me personally because in my mind while they're talking, I would say they don't know what they're talking about, so I'm gonna let this go. But because you gotta be, so you gotta be mindful of what you receive in your earways. That's first of all. A lot of people gotta understand that when you suffer trauma or when you go through trauma, you still have to be mindful of what you receive because all this, if it's not if it's not positive then the negative on top of everything that you're going through is going to make it worse and worse and worse. It, it, it's going to feed into you negatively. It, it's, it's just going to push you down further. It's not going to, you know, your your goal is to go on a positive life of, of learning how to heal on however time it takes for you because each individual is different. A healing process. Now, on your healing journey, if you're receiving nothing but negatives, receiving negative from an individual, that's not helping you. You have to be mindful of what you hear in your earwaves. You have to be mindful of the company you keep. You have to be mindful of the people around you. You need people to pour in positives, good thoughts. Mm, I do tune him out. Because he is the way he. Oh, I'm sorry, but I said he. I do tune him out because he is the way he is. You know. Um, my oh, I just wanted to make is, sure because the way you were sounding, I just I, I felt like I, the reason why I interrupted you, and again I apologize for that, but I'm glad to hear what you're saying because the reason why I interrupted because when you were talking and you were saying that statement, I felt like you took it in, like. You believe that statement or something? That's the impression I got, and I just wanted to make sure that if uh, you that if you were believing what I'm sensing, because that's what I'm feeling from you. That's why I had to interrupt because I wanted to give you encouragement. Is what I'm saying. I wanted to direct your thought to a positive thought. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. that. I appreciate Absolutely. that. Because I, okay. I don't do negative. I, I shut it down. <laughs> I shut it yeah. down quick. Let me say something here, Lori, okay? Listen, there's sometimes, all right, when you have a truly mentally ill person who has so many different um, problems, maybe they're borderline personality disorder, and that displays itself in all different ways. They can be bipolar, they can be schizophrenic another week, they can be uh, something else another week, something else another week. And that's the hardest to treat. And if that person right. is living home, okay, if that person is living home, I'm not saying that the parents don't love him or her, but sometimes right. they they need they need to get special treatment, okay? They need to get help yes. so that they can learn how to effectively work with this person because it is a major, major handful, okay? Absolutely. I know this. Absolutely. I, I've absolutely. Seen it. I know it. So, um I have a, I, like, my brother, my brother has what you're sharing. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, whenever I go see him and he talks, I don't allow what he say come into my spirit and come into my mind to make me believe that what what those negative things that he's saying is true because I know mm-hmm. he don't know any better. Does that make sense? Because, because, okay, because I'm not judging, 
I'm not here to judge. So what I'm saying is on your healing journey, you know, just be my, don't don't allow it to impact you. Now, if a person that's mental and, and I work and deal with people that have mental issues mm-hmm. and when they speak I try to give them encouragement, but they but what they say or make statements it doesn't it don't make me go, Well, wow, is that true? Oh wow, let me believe that. No, it doesn't work. Nothing someone could say if it's not positive and they speak negative, the negative can't come here. It it can't infiltrate. That's all I'm saying. And I just didn't I and I just felt like when she was sharing about her son or even a, a neighbor or someone else she was talking to or she said several people had made that statement and i even heard people make that statement I, but it's not true i don't even i don't even i would never go to them and have an argument or a debate you know especially with a person that got mental issues i'm not going to do that i'll listen to what they're saying and then i'll give them some encouragement pray and then i'll keep it moving and then and then as far as neighbors or friends or whoever, you know, you, you know what I'm saying? Cause you got people that make all types of statements. You got people that really believe what they, they, they believe and that's, and that's fine, but don't allow their belief to push on you and make you believe is what I'm saying. No, right. you got, you just, right. you got to, I'm not speaking to people with mental issues, people that, because they don't know no better. When I go on mental wars, I go in mm-hmm. there strong. I hold their hand. They touch on me. They don't know no better. And then when I leave, I cry because it, it, it makes me so sad to see people that my, that their minds are gone. Their minds right. are gone. And yeah. all I do when I walk into those mental wars, I'm like a pillow cushion to them. I just sit and I listen. And I just let them be what they be and say what they say. But I'm not going to walk out the door saying, oh, well, so-and-so said this. So is it true? Uh, no. They, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. They miss it. Yeah. yeah listen. When you're when you're working or when you're in the mental wards and I worked that was my job I worked in the mental wards okay I worked with murderers you did that I worked for years. with uh, people yeah I sure did yeah and uh-huh. uh, I never I never took to heart like I had this one guy he looked like a cowboy <laughs> mm-hmm. he looked like a cowboy <laughs> and he, he was I cute though him. Michelle okay and and so so anyway he approached me I'm so bad he he approached me and and um he hugged me and was kept hugging me and I go whoa yo move back dude I work here yeah, okay they don't mean any harm I I didn't want to um make him feel bad and I I rejection um, abandonment. Yeah. Many times when people go through abandonment, they don't want people to reject them. Okay, he'd gone right. through a whole bunch because child abuse. And I have this all right here in front of me, part of my own notes and part of them from what I looked up from .gov and all this other stuff. But um, the point is, a lot of times it can uh, cause mentally uh, unstable people to become yeah. mentally ill. All right. So if you mm-hmm. have those genes, a lot of times it runs in the genes in the family. Like for instance, mm-hmm. with schizophrenia, um, you can't be diagnosed until you're 18. You can show signs of it by the time you're 14, but they won't put mm-hmm. down that you're schizophrenic until you're 18. And then and that's now, where pretty is much this? the same. When I worked at Greystone, okay, I learned had to learn I mean, a lot. What I went to school. Was what was no, that? No. What city and state? Oh, New Jersey. Okay, because so that's—I yeah. mean, you know—that's where Greystone was. 
They, they took yeah. it down. Listen, that's another part. I, I just want to get this out really quick because someone asked me this question. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. In 2020, okay, there were 12,275 total facilities in the United States. 12,275. Okay. Now, in mm-hmm. 22, okay, in 22, there, there was 575. That means that they closed down all those facilities. So, you see, the people that are out on the street, they say that they're mentally ill. Yes, they are. Many of them are mentally ill. Mm-hmm. I see terrible things on the news. And, um, and of course, a lot of them are drug addicts. And, and, but that's mental illness, too. Okay, it certainly can be. Um, now, if you have, there are people that do belong in facilities. I hate to say this, but it's the truth. Now, yeah. there's two reasons why the facilities close down, and this is what angers me. Number one, because of the way that they were treated, and I had to turn someone into the state, okay? I had to turn them into Trenton, and I'm not going to say who or what or where, but I had to do right. that. Yeah, they've been raped in those states. That's right, but that wasn't, this wasn't oh, a matter of rape. No, this wasn't a matter of rape. Mm-hmm. This was... Uh, but okay. there is a lot of that goes on. And I've got news for you. Absolutely. A lot of the patients, they like having sex with them, each other, too. And, <laughs> I mean, you look, know what I was going to say? Yes, they do. You are absolutely correct on that. Yes, they yes, do. Yes, they do. Let me tell you what. Let me tell you what. There was one staff per ward. There was one staff toilet. And a lot of times I'd see patients sneaking in there, Okay. And I, I, I demanded, mm-hmm. I demanded that they put another toilet in a separate area where it would be just for staff, because I knew mm-hmm. if they were hot trotting around, because a lot of times on the eleven to seven shift they'd go to sleep. Naughty, naughty, naughty! You don't do that. If you're going to work the eleven mm-hmm. to seven shift at night, you better keep your eyes damn open. And what they were doing was they were going back and forth. Oh yes, and then all of a sudden chlamydia oh. was rampant amongst mm-hmm. amongst. Okay, the patients. That's right. That's right. That's right. So it's yeah. not always staff, okay? That's gross, isn't it? Uh, it's not always staff that, uh, you know, attack or, you know, abuse or whatever. It can also be uh, patients who are actually wanting to have the sex, okay? And then those, of course, who are raped by other um, people there, you know, that are patients. If you're not doing your job, that can happen. Okay, mm-hmm. so there's a big difference between 12,275 down to 575 in the United States. And that was mm-hmm. in two, June of 2022. That's only 575. And, you know, it's, it's terrible. And the, and the reasons why they closed it down was, yes, a lot of them did get in trouble because there was abuse, and I'm glad that those facilities are closed down. And I hope they went to jail or something, whatever. If they're abusing right. patients, uh, and that can be sexually, physically, mentally, emotionally, same thing that we talk about on the mission statement. Or mm-hmm. uh, another reason is they found that it wasn't cost-effective, was it? If you have, I worked in my place, was so huge. We had many, many, many beds and many, many, many buildings. Well, the problem was mm-hmm. that we had asbestos all over the place, and this is why Greystone got closed down. Uh, it was gothic looking. I loved to work there. I loved to look at the buildings. It was cool, um, you know, because the buildings were built in the 1800s. 
So picture those buildings. Right. It was really cool, right? <laughs> I like that. And I was always hoping that a ghost would walk by because they had their own cemetery in the back. That's another story. But the point is this. Mm-hmm. They they realized that these buildings needed so much work that uh, actually people were getting sick. You know, uh, the the people who, who the staff were getting sick uh, and, and the patients were getting sick too. And, and they were getting mm-hmm. like uh, from the asbestos, all right? So I can understand closing Greystone down. Yes, I can. And Woody mm-hmm. Guthrie, I can say this because, uh, and I said it one other time, he was there at one point. And, and uh, that was public information. That was public now, who information. Was Woody Guthrie, he was a wonderful song artist. He played guitar and made, uh, I think it was like country, sort of like bluegrass, almost music and stuff like that. Very, very well known. Look it up. You'll see it. Did he, Woody talk, about, did he talk about his stay there? No. Yes, did he ever um, question about stay there? No. They they didn't. First of all, okay. you can't give that information. I can't give that information out. I can't no, tell you no, what No, no, I'm he saying, has. have you ever shared that? Has he ever shared shared his stint being there? Like, has he oh, ever openly shared? I don't oh, know. Oh, okay. See, he was there from, um, oh, in the 60s, I think. The late 50s okay. and the 60s, all right? That's long before I worked there, all right? So okay. um, I thought it was uh, interesting that he had been there. So um, the point of the whole thing is that they're closing down because a lot of times they find out that it's not cost-effective. I mean, it's not lucrative for them either. And and that makes me mad because mm-hmm. then you look at the population. It speaks about social media here. And the, the people are having flashbacks. Yeah. They're having all kinds of nightmares. Um, they're afraid for their lives because of uh, the gun problem. Well, and I always say to that, because I believe in my rights to have a gun, that uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you take all the guns away, we're going to be sitting ducks because the bad guy has no way to get the guns, okay? It's as simple as oh, that. Oh, exactly. That's right. That's so true. I don't go along with mm-hmm. that at all. But, you know, people are right now frightened. And this is why they're going backwards in their healing journey. They're actually frightened. Mm-hmm. Now, we had a guest yeah. on, Lori. His name was Neil Brick. Now, this is going back some years. You'd have to ask Bill. I'll ask him. I'll ask him to look it up. Um, but mm-hmm. Neil Brick, N-E-I-L Brick, B-R-I-C-K, um, his specialty was dealing with flashbacks. And some years ago, I did a show on flashback. Uh, because people do have flashbacks. Now they're having them more than ever. Now they're having them more than ever. So with Neil, one thing um, that he did say about flashbacks is, okay, you're going to be scared. Okay, I'm having a flashback. But to get control of yourself because that incident that you're having a flashback about that happened then, and this is now. You don't have a forty-five against your head, okay? Right. No one's standing there with a forty-five. So this is, um, again, enlightenment, the mind enlighten, you know, enlightening your mind, your, your conscious mind, because you have all different, uh, different parts of your mind, the cortex and all this other stuff. The other part that I want to call a hippopotamus all the time. <laughs> there's all, there's mm-hmm. different parts of the brain, um, and they all have different functions. So um, 
the brain is a, a, a delicate thing, and yet it's, a, it's also a wonderful thing. Um, and if you can look at flashbacks in the sense of, okay, that was not fun. Say it was a flashback of uh, a terrible thing that happened in your life. A lot of us mm-hmm. have many terrible things. So it could be a flashback from one of those. Okay, uh, a lot of times what I tell people and what he actually told us to do was take a deep breath, go get a drink of water. I think that some one of you two mentioned that before. Go take, maybe Michelle, was you get okay, a drink of water, take a deep yeah, breath. Yeah, that sounds like me. Yeah, and then get the hell out of the house. If it's if something that happened in the house, it was in the house. Go out, take a ride. Go get yourself an ice cream cone. <laughs> I had to use ice cream yeah, cone, right? That's right. right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's funny. Um, Republicans would understand that one. But go get yourself a Sunday, okay, a- or something, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, or go to the store if you can. Um, you know, get a- a- buy a book if you like to read or whatever. Do something nice for yourself and remember that you're stronger now. Now, this is what Neil used to say. He had a very good show. You're stronger. You're stronger now. You were just a child. Maybe it was from childhood, a childhood flashback. And mm-hmm. what you spoke about, the child within, which we speak about, um, you know, a lot of times on the show, and that child within us, which brings forth many times the flashbacks that, that Lori's having, because that child is still scared in some ways. So, exactly. okay. And they, he went even as far as to say, and so has other people, um, to speak to the child, okay, I love you, everything's going to be okay. That was then, always mm-hmm. saying, that was then, and this is now. So remove yourself from wherever you are. I don't know what your trigger point was, Lori. I don't know what it was. Um, you know, but remove yourself from the situation where you're standing, all right? Get out of the house if it's something like that. Take a walk around the block even. That's refreshing. And the weather's going to get nicer, I promise, soon. You know, take a walk around the block. Get some fresh air, okay? Yeah. And and um, walk to a store if you can or drive to a store, whichever. And, and uh, just remove yourself. And uh, remember... That that was then, and this is now, and I'm better today. I'm stronger today. I don't use those words, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I use whatever helps me, okay? And it does work. It does work. I used to have nightmares yeah, all the time. I used to have nightmares all the time. And um, mm-hmm. it was always people chasing me. They were chasing mm-hmm. me. And it was always in a wooded area, thank you very much. Okay, and and uh, you know, and and they would be chasing me, be chasing me, and I turn around, and it was like from the seventeen hundreds or the fifteen hundreds or something. They they carried these lanterns like they did, like if you watch Spartacus or any of those movies, you know that type of thing. Um, yeah. I don't know why those people were chasing me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I can laugh about it today because yeah. I don't really have nightmares like that. Uh, now I'm not being chased anymore, but um, mm-hmm. I can have a nightmare where I feel like I'm at the edge of a cliff and I'm falling. Now that is considered insecurity. Mm-hmm. And the mind is telling you, like, uh, you don't know what's at the bottom. You knew what was at the top, but you don't know what you're going to hit on the bottom. And that's insecurity. That's where insecurity lies. And 
a lot mm-hmm. of times when we were a child, we certainly um, didn't have anything to feel secure about because of the Absolutely life that we not. had to lead, okay? So mm-hmm. that is where, when I say we have mental illness, I didn't want you to take offense at that or anyone to take offense at that. But what happens is, um, okay, we do have some people, many people, with schizophrenia, you know, the schizophrenics, that's, that is in the family. Now, that, of course, is uh, something that can happen. And, yes, you can become a schizophrenic. You can. If the mother mm-hmm. and father is a schizophrenic, you, too, can very well become a schizophrenic. But then Not you have other things. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. In fact, mm-hmm. I'd be more surprised. Yeah, yeah. And uh, But the biggest mm-hmm. health issues is today in mental health, all right, the biggest health issues today is anxiety disorder and then mm-hmm. depression. All right, people are very, very depressed. And uh, there are mm-hmm. over 300 million, <clears throat> usually, usually affects women more than men, okay, usually. And depression, and you, those numbers have rise, haven't they? Risen, haven't they? But since the COVID, well, everything changed. They've risen. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. In fact, I have an area on that. And um, the COVID blew people away because it's like the plague, and we had all these horrible things. Yeah. And a lot of people I knew, you know, got the COVID. I didn't get it, and I was around them. Some people don't get it. I figured, geez, I didn't need to go and get two shots, all right? I wasn't going to get it anyway. But you never know. So you always have that working in the back of your mind, Hey, am I going to get sick because my children are sick? My my kids had it, and I was around them. Uh, right. My friends had it. I was around them. I went to a birthday party over at Sandy's house, and her boyfriend had it, and his sister was there, and uh, there were other people there, and um, I didn't get sick, but everybody else did. It's that's amazing. Right. I think I don't. I think that's amazing. Yeah. Right? So another thing that's going around getting very heavy today, at least being brought forth, is the borderline personality disorders, and that is the heaviest of the disorders because, and it's being, you know, stress, the anxiety that we're going through, whether it be at home, anxiety at home, which is Lori's situation because of what's going on, um, the, the mental health issues with her son and so forth, yeah. um, is bringing forth uh, more people who didn't even know that a borderline disorder had that, are now are coming through with borderline personality disorders. And uh, that is the hardest to live with because it covers so many different areas of, of the brain that causes, like I said, the bipolar one week, uh, schizophrenic another week, and all this other stuff. It can come out. The CDC says one in every five Americans is currently living mm-hmm. with mental illness. Now, this is the update from 22, all right, 2022. So one in five are living with mental illness. And that basically is anxiety disorder, which can turn into panic, um, depression, and PTSD, which covers a broad scope. I mean, that can be uh, several different areas. And then also, too, antisocial, which I used to work with also. And those people yeah. you talk about hiding, honey. You know what that you you went in for ten years and didn't come out, right? So exactly. this is the world. This is the world that we live in. And um, by the way, 
Lori, this might make you feel better. The best states to live in if you have any sort of mental illness is Wisconsin, Illinois, and Pennsylvania. And the reason why they say these three states is 21% of Americans have mental illness. That's awful. 55% of people are not receiving care. 28% of people who have mental illness are not getting the proper care or their needs are, their needs are not met. Now, um, in PA, and as well as Illinois and Wisconsin, they consider the care there to be better than all the other states. So that's why those three are mentioned. And she moved out of New York. Mm-hmm. She moved out of New York, and, and she's in the PA now. So That's the reason I, I moved out. That is the reason I moved out. That's what I, I had have my son living on the outside, and we live on the last road of the mountain where he could be whatever he wants to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's all set up. I did everything I could do for him. Um, and it, that's what makes people do things, and that's what made me do the things the way I did them. Yeah, you know, it's all I about him. It. I get it. I get it. And do you, all right, you haven't been there very long, but have you seen any change in him? Is he calmer? Is he more, does he have a more serene type of way about him yet, or is it too early? I saw it immediately. Immediately. Mm-hmm. Oh, the great. stress of getting there, I mean, to put a house up for his whole life he lived there, so it was like 39 years to fail and if people come in and to him, he can't deal, you know, with stress. That's one of his things. And he usually just kind of falls apart. But he wanted so much to get out that he made his choice and we came here and it was immediate. This child mm-hmm. is a different, he grew into a man. He came into himself. He convinced me that he is going to be able to stay, you know, out on the outside when we're gone, and this is all I ever wanted, you know. So, mm-hmm. I'm t- yeah, PA is definitely, I mean, to look out a window and see nothing but mountains and eagles flying in the air, I mean, they were circling my house because we've had so many people coming in to work on this house, but I got to see them mm-hmm. close up, so I didn't mind um, and everywhere I look is mountains. And for one, it took me 40 years to hear him say thank you to me for, you know, helping him through his life and getting him to where uh, he is now. I mean, I've never seen him on such a high in my life. It lasted a full it's day. And, and for the first day, yeah, it took 40 years for me to to hear that. But he, he settled. So it's important that certain states um, need to have more open places for people like that to to be at peace, you know, because they have to live their lives too. So for whatever, right. whatever suits them better, it's always going to come down to the place where they have the most space to think about their own thoughts because they, you know, close interaction isn't really good for them. You know, at times for... Yeah, a few hours here and there, but a lot of time they're in their heads. So, yeah, the states really need to open up more places. They, they've got to, mm-hmm. and I really believe 
by crowding these people together, and that's what you know New York did. Um, that they were running loose, uh, they would just kind of like bu- drop the bus off, let them out into the neighborhoods and stuff. That's not helping. No, that's it's not. not. Helping. So I said, I'm going to mm-hmm. do. God gave me this kid for a reason. Um, I refused to give up on him, and I fought his whole life, but it, it paid off. So yeah. I mean, he's different. I don't trust Good. him still. <laughs> I, I don't trust him still, but he's at peace. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, it works. I mean, you know, I'm, you make plans when you deal with people like this. I mean, I didn't plan um, on having a mentally ill child. You know, I thought I was going to have, you know, a basic you know, run-of-the-mill child. But this is the way it turned out. I didn't know I had the capability to take care of him coming from where I did, yet I did. Yeah, I was working with doctors constantly, social workers, teachers, all of them. I was just like one of them because I was so Mm -hmm. along with him because of, you know, inside me, he was so abused. I I couldn't let that happen again. So everybody Mm -hmm. saw what I saw that I convince them that I can get him into society in a way where he doesn't do any damage to anybody, um, which he can, he's, you know, it's one of his diagnoses. He can, he's able to. Um, this is the part I don't trust about him. But he's, that that peacefulness just kind of, I don't know, it's just like a freedom for him. And he's feeling much better. So... Yeah, I think I it calmed his mind down, okay? Um, so so often what you're saying, what I'm hearing here, is, um, you know, like the stress, the stress of the city. And look, I love the city. I just simply do. I, I love urban areas because it's so happening. I mean, <laughs> you know how I am. And and I, I love um, to, to, you know, to go to the museums, and I, I love the Broadway. That's one thing my husband and I had in, in common, was uh, we were, you know, always went to Broadway. You know, I wanted to see Broadway shows all the time. And, uh, yeah, then we mm-hmm. went ghost hunting. We did that. Yeah, we did. We went looking for uh, castles, and they were out in the country. We we had a lot of good memories. That we did have, okay. And um, But when people are mentally ill, and I think he was mentally ill, too. I had my problems. He had his problems. And you know what? Many times we're magnets towards each other. We don't realize this. We don't consciously even understand or even are aware of the fact. And this is why so often we're we're bad pickers, as we we call it here on the show, okay? Because, um, yeah, because we tend to pick people um, that we feel comfortable with. And sometimes those people we feel comfortable with are like the people that we grew up with because we didn't know any other way, okay? And... um, Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you just, that's what you know. So to me, to go into the city, my mind actually slows down. And I feel free. And I feel like I blend into the people. Mm-hmm. You're never going to see someone come over to me and hand me a paper to look at a building or something. They know that I'm like I'm a part of the blood, okay? <laughs> I'm like part of the fabric because that's where I feel comfortable. I guess it shows. Mm-hmm. But out here in the country, my mind goes brrrr at times, and I have to slow it down. 
And that means mm-hmm. go outside, take a walk around the block if I want to. Well, I don't want to right now for reasons. And um, Or take a ride. That'll do. I'll take a ride. And uh, don't think that when you move to the country, though, Lori, now you're in a good place. I thought I was going to be in a good place. That's not so, okay? It's not so. Because trouble can follow you anyway. You're talking about people being dropped off. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, it's coming mm-hmm. out to the country, too, all right? So people have to be much more careful now. And that's causing a lot yeah. of anxiety and stress. But where you're at, because you've sent enough pictures, and I, I love I love all of Lori's pictures. First of all, she's very talented. She makes a beautiful, mm-hmm. is that crocheting? She makes a, things for the preemie baby. She makes a little pillows and all kinds of stuff. And never even wants anyone to know that she's doing this. And she donates it to the hospitals for pretty babies. And they're beautiful. That is wonderful. I mean, she's so talented. Mm-hmm. And then um, then also, too, um, she has sent a lot of pictures of where she lives, so I know what she's talking about. And now I would go nuts there. <laughs> I would probably because um, – Okay, I, I can look at a bird. Okay, hello, bird. Okay, <laughs> all this other stuff. <laughs> but um, with me, I like to go in the city and see what's happening, okay? And I like going in and out of the stores. And, and, and even to go into a bodega, I don't care where I go. I just go in, get a coffee, whatever, talk to the people, yeah. be around community, be around people, okay? That's more the way that I am built that way. Mentally, I, that's where I'm at always been that way so but for the sake of your son the sake of your son i i think that's uh i think that's wonderful because um okay he needs to have his mind slow down he needs to have his mind slow down and and so he can think and breathe and be you know, and and then get to know himself better, and get to know life better. You know, so what you're telling me is this is a good move for him. A good move. This is this was the only move to save him. He would not have made another summer in New York. I would have lost him to the system. He, yeah. he his <clears throat> the violence escalated as the more noise and crime and everything. He couldn't take it anymore. It was too painful for his ears. So having five people shoved in in one house and seven in the other just was not working. So I had I looked through 3,400 houses to, before. We, this was a fluke that I even found that it was only on the market for an hour. Wow. So yeah, I, I put a lot of effort into finding a place for his ears. Uh, he's soundproofed. And, mm-hmm. you know, as I told you, everything else is set up for him. So a lot of people can't, you know what it is? I feel so bad for all the people that were not able to do what I was, that I could do. And there are so many people out there that just don't have the means, they don't have the backing, whatever it is they need for their child. Even as far as, like, you know, kids with other special needs and whatnot, for a parent to go through that on their own, I don't know how in the world I did it, so I don't even know how in the world other people do it, but I do know other people can do it. 
So everything that I do when I donate all my stuff, and no, I, I, I was actually crouched down in the chair as you were talking about me about how I do do what I do and I, you know, make all this stuff for the kids is because I know that there's kids out there just from the places that I've been through with him and, you know, regular stuff that people alerted me to. That's what started me realizing this kid's in there that nobody's even looking at. You know, everything is, you know, out in the open for everybody else, but for kids, people really don't think about. So that's my mission in life. You know, my life isn't about me. I'm the caretaker. That's just the way it is. I did it from when I was born, and I'm going to do it until forever. I accepted it, and I'm happy with the way things worked out. You know, I That's your child. He came out your womb. We're going to have love for our children. You know, yeah, I'd like to I dig mean, another you know. 20 feet down, though. I really would. Because <laughs> he, he's like, yeah, I can still hear you. I'm like, we just paid how much money to sound off your room. You can't hear me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. Well, you know, I, I, think you're, I think she's wonderful. I'll tell you why, because I know her story, too. See, the three of us here have horrific stories, all right? Not that other people don't, you know what I'm saying? A lot of us here in Nazca have horrific stories. And for her to find the strength, okay, to find the strength Mm -hmm. to get out of her own self. Because so often, look, I I was on the phone right before I started the show, and I'm not allowed to, you know, talk about who I was speaking to or anything. But the point is... um, if this person doesn't do, they're impatient now, and if they don't do what they're going to supposed to do, then they're going to die. It's as simple as that, and I can't stop that. Okay. Right. And that's that. Yeah. I can't. I can't stop that. Now they are impatient. So, um, and that's something that Michelle and I talked about earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's here. I'm excited. Well, I'm going to be praying because, yeah, because, again, if you're not court-ordered to be impatient, you can can walk at any time, all right? So let's see. Let's see what happens here. So anyway, the point is that, um, you know, uh, many of us, many times I get phone calls. I went out to get um, the mail, and I I was walking like I was drunk evidently because I'm so tired. (laughs) <laughs> so I just gotten off of that phone call. So my neighbor said to me, Carol, what's wrong with you? What's wrong? Are you drinking again? I said, I haven't had a drink since 1981 or three. And I said, I might. Sometimes I feel like it, though. I could use one right now. They make their own water up here, honey. Oh, yes. They, <laughs> they <didn't, laughs> That's what they call it. They're moonshine, and they call it water, all right? So uh, and they drink it like water, but anyway, that's beside the point. But anyway, uh, I said no, 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 no. I don't, I don't do that. And um, but sometimes you do get so tired because um, you have yourself to deal with, and if you have a family. I mean, my kids are all grown and gone, so I have it. You know, I'm free, if you will. And I tell people that I said I'm free. Um, I love my children. I adore my children. I adore my grandchildren. I have great-grandchildren, but none of them believe that. I said, yes, I do, and I'm going to show you a picture of them because I'm so proud of them. You don't don't look past 45. Oh, God bless you. 
Now remember, God's listening you know, here I now. I told you. That. <laughs> I'm just saying that. You look good. Yeah. Oh, well, so do you. I saw a picture of you today, and I even put there that you're looking good. But um, I, I don't know how we we I don't know how any of us can look good. All right, with what we went because through. God, right. Because God keeps us, because, honey, why would I went through, honey? I'm not supposed to be looking like, I didn't look nowhere like this when I, the hell I went through. But God came, and uh, and that's what he does. He would give, he said, beauty for ashes. He'll give you your beauty back, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what he right. did for all of us. That's what he did. Well, I feel like we're blessed because we are able to, you yeah. know, keep ourselves going. Yeah, I think we are, Lori. Yes. Uh, look, we're like everybody we else. We have, you know, well, we have our good days. We have our bad days. Um, of course. Like I said before, at times I can get depressed, but I've learned to move myself out of the, the house if I'm depressed and, and, and go mm-hmm. to a store because that always lifts me up. And whether I buy something or I don't, at least I got out. See, whether it be depression yeah. or, or whatever it is, or flashbacks, um, whatever it might be, I, I, I think Neil Brick is right on that. I, I hope he's still doing the same thing because he had a really good show. I'm going to have Bill check on that. And um, okay. I wouldn't mind having him back on the show because uh, what he was giving was good sound advice. And then also, too, not only was it advice, but it was um, it, it was therapeutic, you know, and, and it was okay. answers given. You know, so often people tell you what to do, but they don't tell you why. They don't ex- they don't take the time to explain that you know if you get yourself out of the situation like he did and like I'm doing because I learned this from him. If you don't remove yourself, you know, from your your depression or depressive state. Um, or your flashbacks, or whatever you're going through, um, then it, it, mm-hmm. it gets worse. It just does. And, it and does. another thing yeah. too. Now Lori already does this because she's making the preemie pillows, and they are so cute. Some are very cute, and others are just downright pretty. But um, and then mm-hmm. other things she does. Lori, are those? Do you like? Are you called Shane? Is that what you're doing with those pictures or something that I see? Some of them. The the hats are knitted and the uh, blankets I crochet. Um, And the pillows I do on my embroidery machine. See, she keeps herself busy doing that. I have another friend that does that. And uh, she makes a... Yes. It's good to keep the mind active. See, that's another thing too, Michelle. I said use whatever you need to do to... Put you in a peace of, of of mind to relax you, and that's when I, I used to always say knitting or drawing or listening to music or reading or whatever it is that gives you comfort and soothes you. So that I, I'm lo- I'm loving. I mean, I love hearing this. That that's what you do, Lord. I love it. I think yeah. that's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Great. Thank you. I mean, it's it's you it's know helping out in the hospitals and stuff like that, and and I don't think she even puts her name on it. You don't, do you? No, I don't. And I ask that my husband delivers. I ask that he never tells them who I am. But uh, but you know yeah, what? I it just I, I mean I got tears in my eyes making stuff like that for them babies. Oh girl, God is just looking down at you. That is so amazing, and to give to those. To those babies, that's a blessing. That's that, that's yes, just beautiful. 
That's a beautiful thing. Mm, I love thank it. Thank you so much. Yeah. You don't know, know how you touch those little babies' hearts. <laughs> when they when they wrap them babies in your little thing you make for them. It's so beautiful. Well, you know, God, here I am. When, when those babies grow up, and if the mother is, is smart enough to keep those things, um, she'll be able to show the child, say, when they're seven or eight or whatever, and say, a very special lady made this for you when you were so tiny yeah. and little. And that's going to really mm. mean something to that child when they're at the age of reasoning. Yes. yes. When they're at the age of yes. reasoning and they can think to themselves, mm. gee, some lady made this beautiful blanket or some lady made this beautiful pillow or whatever and, and um, thought that much of me to do that, that makes a child feel mm. special. It does. It does. And they have had parents special. come back. They were telling me about stories of how their kids were preemies and in the hospitals for like a couple of months. Um, well, like, my oh. grandson, his first five months of his life was in a was in an incubator ICU for five months. Wow. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. The one that just graduated this year working at Ford, you know. What I'm <laughs> but mm-hmm. but that was him. That was so long ago. But I look at him today and be like, thank you, God. He made it through life, but yeah, he weighed one pound seven ounces, and and uh, he was not supposed to make it. He's not supposed to make it in this in this first five months. In this world, was in that incubator, and I see you. And I was there every day. We 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 did for five months. Everybody would did shifts. He was never alone, not one time, and that and not one day of those five months, never. You know they they say they, yeah, and and they say they say. That, that children, whether they're in the womb, okay, or whether they're first born, whatever, um, they may not be able to think like we do, but they can sense. They can sense. Absolutely. They can sense, yes. They can sense when there's love. They can sense, uh, see, they're in a horrible home. They can sense tension. <laughs> they can sense all kinds of things. Absolutely. All those and, things. Oh, yeah. So, you know, um, you know, what what Lori does, you know, with what she does with all that crocheting and, and the knitting and, and all this other stuff, first of all, she's got talent. Oh, you should look at them online. And secondly... You don't um, have to do that. Yeah. Lori, you should send her something. And they're beautiful. But anyway, um, she doesn't want recognition. You see, I read something the other day. This just reminded me of something. Um it's one thing to give to a person. In fact, there's a very famous, what was it, a movie star, I think it was. I think it was a movie star, um, who was going around and giving people, a very wealthy guy, good at movies, obviously, and very handsome, Michelle, yes. But anyway, so we won't do mm-hmm. it But anyway, he was giving out, he was giving out, Oh, thousands of dollars to this organization, a hundred thousand dollars to another organization, just because, just because. Mm-hmm. And I mean, again, movie stars, if they're good, they can be very, very wealthy. So um, he was handing out so much money. Um, I, I think it was almost close to a million dollars with another one. Now, some people wow. have. You know, uh, a lot of money can do that. And he didn't want anything in return. See, that's it right there. See, that's mm-hmm. truly giving. Absolutely. And this is yes, what, it um, is. you know. Yes, it is. We don't want yes. anything in return. Absolutely. 
And and this is what God Lori is doing. You. Yes, this oh, is that's, what Lori exactly is doing. What that's why yes. she's being blessed by the Lord. God, God looks down, believe me, and he sees what you're doing. He is well pleased. I want you to know he is well pleased with you. Because what you thank do you, comes from you. your heart, your soul. Yes. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Definitely. Well, you know, yeah. she's a minister. You know that. She's a minister. Yes. Yes, and, I do. And uh, you can no, tell. Yeah. <laughs> she, she's you're going to receive your blessings from him. You have yet to see what, what more he has in store for you and your household. He is so no, pleased with you. I thought I was you. at the end of the road here. That's what I thought. No. <laughs> that's what the enemy wants you to think, but that is, that, that is not so. I was that like thinking, yeah, so. yeah, I was going to get no. here, you know, plant my son, and then, you know, <laughs> go back into no. the sky somewhere. It ain't time. You got too much to do for the Lord. It ain't time for you. So it's look true. at what, what, what's in front of you. God got his hand on you, and he's well pleased with you. Oh, yeah. Thank you. That means a lot to me. And yes, she ma'am. knows these things, okay? It's it's like it's like God speaks to her or something. I think. Look, I know this angel because I got touched in my hand, on my shoulder. Yes, I told you that story. Yeah. And you know, oh, yeah. and I know. Yeah. I believe in angels, mm-hmm. honey. And and uh, mm-hmm. I have my reasons for it. I mean, I got touched on my shoulder in my bedroom with the light off and the door locked, and I thought my mother came in somehow, and I got so scared because she was an atheist and she was mean. And she would have beaten me <laughs> or, or switched that me or, or made fun of me. For, oh, Lord that, that Jesus, was, yes, she would have. That, that was the that angel God hand, sent for you. It had, it had weight. It had weight. Mm. That's why I was so sure it was mm. my mother. Okay? And I thought I was right, going to be spun right. around. I thought I was going to be spun around and either she was going to hit me or, or make fun of me at the very least. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And, uh so anyway, I that was one of the things that made me believe in God because listen here, that doesn't happen every day. Come on now. And, and what I was praying for was that girl had disappeared, all right? And the the cops couldn't find her. She was gone in Newark. Okay, a whole mm. place, you know, that's a rough area in Newark. And yeah. um, and and she was gone for weeks. And uh, I got down on my knees, and, and I started to cry, and, and um, I, I prayed to God and asked for her to be found. Within hours, she was found. Mm. No, right? She had mm. track marks up and down her arms. Yes, she did. They were prostituting her out. You see, this is what happens to we children. And she mm. came from an adoptive family that she didn't like. Well, I don't know what happened there. No one was mean to her. But they just didn't mm-hmm. click. So the poor girl decided to live with me. Are you nuts? <laughs> I had she look. Wow. Uh, she realized what I was going through. Okay, at my house, and I said to her, I'm not going to say her name, but I said to her, uh, yeah. uh, you know, maybe you better go back home now. Now, now maybe. All right, they're strict. But it's good to have boundaries with your children. If you have no boundaries with your children, then they don't feel secure. Boundaries with children, yes. Boundaries with children shows them, number one, right from wrong, and also, two, that you care enough to tell them and show them right from wrong. 
And in that way, they're far mm-hmm. less to do things that they shouldn't do because there are boundaries. And they, as a parent, please explain why the boundaries are important. Okay. And this is where parents make so many mistakes. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they don't sit down and take five minutes to tell them why it's important to have boundaries. Now, abused or neglected children are four times more likely to develop mental illness. Now, again, Mm -hmm. it's not a dirty word. They're talking about anxiety and panic. Well, why wouldn't we, okay? Flashbacks um, and uh, the other things that we speak about on the show, you know, nightmares, all kinds of stuff. Well, if you have a horrific life and you don't get the help that you need and you deserve for whatever reason, then you're going to grow up a dysfunctional person because you came from a dysfunctional home. And it Mm -hmm. took me many years to get out of my dysfunctionality. And there is such a word. I looked it up. (laughs) I wasn't sure. So it it took me many years to get out of being dysfunctional um, because I didn't have uh, any heroes to look at, no mother, no father, no, only a, a brother who was, uh, always had his hands all over me and then finally did rape me at age 14. And my mother didn't care because, you know, things like this happen in families. Remember that? That's the answers I get, okay? And, and Lori, you know why you have your feelings and, and I have my feelings. And Mother's Day is coming. I can thankfully yeah. say no. Well, I'm not going to say too much to her, all right? She's up. I don't know where. I don't think she made it up. I'm sorry. Forgive me. But when people act like that, and she was spoiled as a kid. She couldn't even walk in, in mud. Her brothers used to have to carry her. Are you nuts? Okay? Mm-hmm. Kids are supposed to get dirty, then you take a bath. You know, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it, it was, and, and she, she turned out like, like that. She was treated yeah. like a princess. Yes, she was. They were farm mm-hmm. people. They worked very hard. But my mother didn't have to do anything. And she would sit around and brag about it. That's how I know this stuff. She'd wow. sit at the dinner table and talk about it, okay, at the dinner table. So her brothers wouldn't let her walk in. T- they'd get hit. If they didn't pick her up, the princess as she was, and and take her into the house, um, you know, so that her her pretty socks and her pretty shoes wouldn't get you know dirty and all this sort of stuff, Darn. then they get a slap from my grandfather. And on that side of the family, they were my family. They were a bunch of German mm. nasty people. That's what they were. Oh my God! But uh, I. Maybe I shouldn't have said that, but <laughs> but anyway, that's that they had a they had a temper, okay, and uh, so my mother turned out totally dysfunctional. Because let me tell you something: if you give kids too much, then they expect a lot, and that's you know, and they that's a form of child abuse too. You look it up, and and I've done that, so I know. And and uh, if you give a child too much. Like too many toys when they're children, too too much of this and too much of that, and too much adoration. That actually helps to make a narcissist. That can, it doesn't always, but it can. Okay, 
what do they do? They're always looking at themselves, and they, and they want people to adore them and, and to give to them and tell them how smart they are and all this other stuff. Well, a lot of them have that conditioning from their environment, the environmental conditioning mm-hmm. that can make a person that way. I, when I did that show many weeks ago now, I looked that all up, and I had some information just added to it, and I learned more. So that explains my brother. That explains mm-hmm. uh, my mother. <laughs> you know? um, it's not good to give too much to your kids. Let them be able to earn a little bit, okay? Nice to give them things, don't get me wrong. But also, too, if you do well in school, if you're able to, right, you do well in school. Um, If you take the garbage out, oh, I wish I had someone to do that right now. Take the garbage out. Um, Keep your room clean, things like that, you know, then it's okay, you know, to reward them, okay, in a month's time, if they have Mm -hmm. a a month uh, of good, you know, behavior. That's fine. Right. But my mother got too much, my brother got too much, and they both were nuts. There you go. And I don't think either one of them is flying high with the angels. I just don't. Right. Now, Michelle, don't you feel better? I don't. I'm in a lot of pain. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that didn't work with you. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know what it is. I'm going to deal with it, though. I think like, we got six more minutes. I'm going to go ahead and jump off. I want okay. both of you to know that I love you and all that's listening. Just know if no one didn't tell you that you were loved today, know that you are truly loved, not only by God, our Father, but by all of us because we are a family and that you are not alone. And that's all I have to say. So good night to you all. And and I will speak to you later on this evening when I call okay. you, Carol. Let me just deal with this pain here. Yeah, absolutely, all right. sweetie. All right. Love you. Okay. Bye-bye. Love you, sir. Bye-bye. Uh, good night. Well, she she made it through 99% of the show. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. She's not feeling well. So, all right. I, yeah, um, I thought she felt better because she was so good. She she always she always comes through, you know. With all the people that I have on the show, I can always count. I can count on you too, Lori. Okay, and oh, and thanks. Michelle, I've known longer, so but she's always been right there, you know, someone that you can absolutely count on. And the same, you're the same way. Oh, thank yeah. you. Well, it's true. And and uh, you both to me are a blessing. That's what it is. That's what it is. So, um, but anyway, I want you, you know, to think about what I was talking about with Neil Brick. I don't know if you can look him up or not. But I remember um, him. You do yeah, remember, I remember him? him? Yes, I do. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Well, I don't know if um, look. All the episodes are in the archive. I'm going to have to ask Bill what um, archive number that would be, because that was quite a long time ago that he was on, you know. So um, I'll get that for you. And if you want to listen to that show, if it will help you, you know, with the uh, flashbacks, for God's sake, you know, do that. Yeah, that's a good thing. I can always go back and get what I need. That's what's great about NASCAR. That's right. Absolutely. I tell people that all the time, you know, everything is being recorded. And, um, you know, you can look at it five years from now, ten years from now. 
And uh, as long as we were doing it, I think we were doing it 10 years ago. Yes, we were, I mean, as far as the recordings. But, yes, we've been doing it for many years. And just remember your scan number, all right? That makes things a lot easier. You look up your name, you look up your scan number, and if you remember the date that you were on the show, you can look at something five, ten years from now and go back and listen and have friends listen to it, and uh, it's like you're still there. Okay, so that's a, another very good thing with NASCA. You know, there's so many things that we have that we can offer a lot, awful lot of people. I ran into a lady the other day that listened to a show, and she says, are you Carol Levine? I said, well, how do you know? She said, well, I saw your pictures when you were working there over at the, the university in Centenary. I said, well, you were on the website then. Yeah, the NASCA.org website. So, see, you never know who you're going to run into, all right? And uh, that, you know, made me feel good. And uh, so, you know, people, you want to learn things, you know, go to the, the, the NASCA website because we do have a lot of information there. And if you want to listen to shows, go to the archives. Okay, it's down at the bottom. I think it's on the bottom of the page. I forget where. But it says you'll know where the archives are. I got my 90-second cue, so I want to thank you um, tremendously for coming on. You're always a very good co-host too. I had two co-hosts tonight, as far as I'm concerned. Oh show. my goodness. And I have you. You see that? You're just going to have to get used to it because one of these days you're going to feel so good about yourself and you're going to say, I can do it. I can do it. Yes, I can. Oh, my God. <laughs> Give me an anxiety attack over you, here. You, no, 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 no. You can do it. And I'm proud of you, okay? And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I, mean I know that. you do, and I thank you so, so much. Well, we all love you too, Lori. And uh, you've come a long ways. Yes, you have. That's, and I'm just, yeah. I'm just so proud of you. So I got to. I have to turn off now. I have to get this uh, studio out of the way. And um, I'll talk to you soon. I'll talk to you online or whatever. Okay. I'm on yeah. tomorrow too. Yeah, I'm on there tomorrow. Yeah, so I'll be there. That'll be an interesting show. Different. It has to do with the church and, and all the things that happen in the church that are bad. And this guy who wants to move forward and, and get things done so that the bad guys go to jail. I'll believe it that way. Okay, so <laughs> I told you a little bit about it. So, all right, I got to hang up now. I'll talk to you later, honey, okay? Yep, you do. You have a good night. Okay, to you. Good, good night, honey. Love Talk Radio.